0: it probably is the coolest looking invitation I've ever seen in my life. Um, it, it was just, I opened it and I was like, well, this is really cool, too bad I'm not going. Um, and yeah, once that event was canceled, I called him up, said, hey, is there still a spot in the field with me, or for me? And he, he was like, yeah, absolutely, of course you're in. And I said, okay, well, I'm in. <laughs>
1: In 1744, the first golf club with a definite proof of origin was the Company of Gentlemen Golfers Who Played of Leith, now called the Honourable Company of Edinburgh Golfers Who play at Muirfield. It was that year when several gentlemen of honour, skillful in the ancient and healthful exercise of the golf, petitioned the Edinburgh City Council to donate a silver club for their annual competition on the Leith links. The winner of the competition was declared Captain of the Golf for the Year, and a silver ball with the date and the captain's name inscribed upon it was attached to the silver club. Thank you for listening to the Silver Club podcast. Here's your host, two-time Walker Cupper and former World Amateur Number One Steve Scott, and men's golf coach at Yale University and golf historian Colin Sheehan.
2: Okay, we are back on Augusta National Women's Amateur Week, and and Colin, it is it's uh, awesome to be back with you again.
1: Thanks, Steve. I'm looking looking forward to uh, watching this this maiden event. It's uh, you know not only do we
2: get one week of masters coverage and and you know get to watch the augusta national in its all of its glory we get we can talk about this really for two weeks uh, ultimately with the augusta national women's amateur we've got a wonderful guest in Jennifer Cup show coming up uh, momentarily the world's number 1 woman amateur out there uh, and she will ultimately uh uh, contend if she if her game is on point, but uh, you know, talk about maybe your your first thoughts of uh, Augusta National and a and a woman playing it as opposed to all of the men we've seen playing it over the years. What do you what do you foresee that that might be different uh, in what we what we're going to see this week?
1: Well, first off, this really resonates with me as the as the proud father of three daughters. I've always said. Um, I hope without too much provocation, they take an interest in golf. And, and um, you know, I've, I, uh, so this means a lot um, and it's in what they're doing and, and the symbolism is, is important to me. And, and, um, and I also have for the last 11 years, I've, we practice side by side with the, with the Yale women's team and, and, i've uh i i have just tremendous admiration for their coach chowdy um she is just she's she's amazing and i watch how hard her players and how hard they work and how they put in every bit of effort and sacrifice and blood sweat and tears into their season that the men do and and um you know what's interesting is we have our banquets together we share we we have a at the end of the year, the men and women have the, have our year end banquet at, at Maury's together. And, and we get to hear their, their captain, you know, giving the outgoing captain, give their speeches and, the, and they elect their captain at the same, in the same dinner and, and the coach and all the players and the seniors give toasts and the same on the same side as, you know, exactly the same way that the men's team does. And it really does like give you an appreciation for, for everything that they do in their program. And, um, and I'm, I'm loving that Augusta has come around. They may have been, they may have dragged their feet in the past about this, but, um, you, I'm going to, I'm going to forgive them. And, and what they're doing now is just terrific. It can only help. It can only grow the game. And, and honestly, I don't want to ever have to explain to my children if they get into golf and I hope they I hope they do why a place like Augusta, um, was, was, is no longer was, it you know, that it was a barrier and that it was a place where it, to me, this is, this, this couldn't, this couldn't come at a better time.
2: It is an interesting, uh, dynamic, isn't it? I mean, you've got, uh, you know, where Condoleezza Rice was the, I, I guess, was she the, the, the very first woman member, uh, you know, admitted to the club and, and uh, it will be interesting. I mean, I think as far as the game goes, I think for all the viewers out there watching, I think that it's going to be uh, most interesting to to see because for, for most of the people out there, I mean, the, the, the women hit the ball, let's just say, you know, 250 to 270. Um, and and they, they hit the ball as far as the, the distances go. Uh, as much like the people watching, much more so. They, I think they that the viewers can connect a lot more with what the women do as opposed to what the men do. As far as the you know Jason Days and Dustin Johnsons of the world hitting at three forty, I mean, I, I don't think people can really connect with that.
1: You're right, Steve. It's so you can it's relatable, and they're not going to be coming into those greens with this type of sort of with the with the sort of. With the spin and the and the ball coming at at you know reaching the type of apex that the men do, and I'm so, interested
2: to see like the 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 how the greens will how receptive the greens will be, and then you know and then in a few days later they'll they'll take the sub airs and they'll suck the water out for all the men <laughs> who hit it you know 150 feet in the air apex and, and I, I'm interested to see that.
1: Yeah, and you know the more you the more you, Augusta's always been. As even though it's the most exclusive private club in America, like Pebble, like St Andrews, it's it it belongs to golfers. Like it's it's the course we all know. It's the course we watch on TV every year. And and um, you know, I think I think not only is it that it's women, it's amateurs, and it's it's going to be college age kids and younger. That to me is 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 going to be fabulous. You're going to see how good they are. I don't think they get women's golf doesn't get enough attention. It doesn't, it doesn't get enough primetime coverage. And this is going to be, I, I I personally am going to be just, I cannot wait to watch it. And, 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 and I can't wait to watch the drama of the, of the event unfold and, and, and pull for the players and see, and see, and see, yeah. And see how they handle 15 and 16 and 18 and all all the shots that we're so familiar with every golfer, every serious golfer knows that course as well as their own as their home course. And so, yeah, completely,
2: uh, completely. They, if, whether you've played there or not, you feel like you've been there. Right. And, and it's uh it's, it's just a, it's a special place. It's so perfect in every sense of the way. And then, and what's kind of neat is I'm seeing some things. They're actually doing a, uh, you know, similar things with concessions and all that, like even over at champions retreat where uh, they're playing the first two rounds on Wednesday and Thursday uh, that, you know, it's not getting as much fanfare obviously because of the name, but, I mean, Champions Retreat, incidentally, uh, you know, in connection to the Silver Club Golfing Society, that's where we are. uh, We're having our Silver Club championship uh, later in the year uh, for the top 32 point winners for our society. So that's going to be pretty neat to to be able to see that and knowing that the Silver Club uh, members have a chance to play at uh, Champions Retreat uh, later in the year. So I, I think that's pretty neat, too. Nice. Yeah, I I do think it's really interesting about the the whole distance uh, difference that we're going to see from the women playing on Saturday to the following week in the Masters and and the men and their distances. Um, yeah, there, there's going to be a pretty much a there's going to be a pretty big disparity in distance, and I'm interested to see if they will have the same uh, the same clubs into the greens, and you know, will they be able to hit a similar type shots? And where are the holes going to be located too? Are they going to be the you know the 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 back left on sixteen, or what? What are we going to see? I, I can't wait to see it.
1: Well, you know, Augusta's only ever had two sets of tees, and the member tees have never moved. They have they haven't budged. They're they're about sixty three hundred yards, and that's why that's why uh, the members love that course so much. It's the other set of tees which have uh, have gone from the so called Nicholas tees uh, from his era, the ones he won as— his five masters and through the mid nineties until the sort of tiger proofing area era, that back tee has gone to 7,400 yards. And they're really, it's, it's feast or famine with those two sets of tees. Um, I, the irony is the women are going to basically play a, mostly a a distance that reflects the members tees, um, which everybody loves. That's the playable Augusta national, the one for those who don't sort of, get all the benefit of the of the distance era um, we might not it'll be interesting to see them team where, where they'll hit from from on 11 yeah, and they hit it
2: they hit, hit it they hit it plenty far though they hit it plenty far I, I would I'd be willing to venture that they're gonna they're gonna make sure they play it a little bit more on the conservative side uh, as far as the yardage goes as, as opposed to making it too long and too difficult I'm gonna I'm gonna take a take a guess right now and place a bet that they're gonna they're gonna be a little bit more conservative just because it's the very first year of this thing.
1: Yeah, and if you're not getting the sort of um, the downslope on a lot of these holes, um, if you're not tapping into the sort of the run out you get on nine and and ten and and two uh, that course fifteen. That course can be really long. The Yale team, like a lot of college teams, has been blessed to play there from time to time. And if you're not playing it during Masters Week, that golf course is like eight thousand yards. If you're not getting the sort of Masters Week runout that they sort of that they sort of. Uh, it's, it's the sticky ryegrass that doesn't make the ball go anywhere. Right, and so the women will be getting that. Obviously, they're on the ver- they're on the sort of eve of the tournament. But um, you know, there's. There's a certain sort of drive you – know, the men can hit certain drives long enough with a, a flight where the the ball hits the ground and runs another 50 yards. That's not uncommon there. And i will be interesting to see how sort of – where their sort of drives are landing and, and how they're running out and what type of – and if they're playing from the down slope on nine and and, and elsewhere and what type of – the whole thing is going to be fascinating to watch. I, I can't wait to – um, record it and watch it with my daughters, and and um, and it's going to be one of the few times I'm going to watch a golf telecast from from every minute from start to finish.
2: Yeah, I'm totally watching this with my daughter too, and maybe give you know it's it's inspiring. Really, it's just it's it's just shows you that you know my daughter's eight now, and shoot, in ten years, the, you know she could be there, and right. and that's that's the that is a really cool thought,
1: <laughs> right? They don't, they're, it's their, this era, there's not a single thing they think they, there's not, there, there's anything they can't, they don't think they can do. And, and so playing Augusta National is on that list. Like that's, that's among the possibilities now. And, and that's very important. Yeah. The, uh, the, the
2: venue is certainly a, an amazing venue. What, what was your, before we get to our, our, our guest and Jennifer Cup show, what is, what was the feeling when you first stepped onto the grounds at Augusta National? what, what, reverberated in your mind when you when you saw the you know everything that you saw on television maybe growing up what, what was your feelings
1: well I, I i distinctly remember watching the 86 masters with my dad in the on the leather couch in our in our old house and jumping out of my out of the chair uh, when yes, he holds hold 15 and, you know, just that, to me, that's one of the great, great moments as, as a, that I have of all my memories with my dad as a kid. And then we didn't deserve it. Uh, thank God the old coach, coach Patterson took the Yale golf team there in 1997 as a senior about, about a month before Tiger Woods, who was our age, won that first masters. And, um, among the many highlights was the range. It was the old range and, and the, uh, We were hit. You hit just sort of along along Magnolia Lane, and the and the caddy said to us, "You longer hitters, uh, if you want to hit driver, hit hit over over Magnolia Lane into the other into the other practice facility on the other side." We were literally pumping driver over Magnolia Lane and to the other side, (laughs) and then it poured on us. And our host went in, and we played the last eight holes, just three. College kids, three friends, <laughs> without oh, a host, just us and the caddies. Oh
2: man! Um, I, I, you know what was funny and and, and ironic? I was lucky enough uh, about a month after you played it to play in that 1997 Masters, and and uh, you've got to stay in the crow's nest a few nights, and we'll get to a little more of that uh, next week when we when we talk uh, more Masters uh, coverage, and but it, it's hard to. I mean, you could talk probably every Podcast episode about about <laughs> Augusta National and 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 some shot that you remember there and and the greatest part about it really is that it goes back there every single year and the 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 history that's built up over time and exactly where you were when you saw Nicholas you know make his charge and shoot sixty five in nineteen eighty six and and uh, you know the the inspiration that gave you and. And uh, I know all the ladies playing in this week's Augusta National Women's Amateur are going to be inspired and, uh, to, to go on and, and play Grey. They're going to be on national television, NBC. It's going to be wonderful. But, but right now, without further ado, let's get to Jennifer Cup Show and listen to what the world's number one amateur has to say about her rise to this very spot in her life and all the great things that go around it. Okay, we have taken the Silver Club podcast on the road today. We are in Winston-Salem, North Carolina at the Wake Forest University at the Arnold Palmer Golf Complex, the Diane Daly Learning Center. We are sitting here with the world's number one amateur woman golfer, Jennifer Show the senior here at Wake Forest. Thanks for joining us today, Jennifer.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
2: I, I know, I know you've uh, you, you battled a little uh, travel issues today, uh, getting here from the recent uh, collegiate tournament, uh, cars breaking down and things like that. Uh, isn't that fun as we uh, we go through all this travel stuff?
0: Oh yeah, I've had a couple of different issues with travel plans that actually just this year. So it's kind of interesting to get into that as I know I'm going to be on the road traveling every week in a few months
2: what's some of the what's uh what's a crazy other than today what was a crazy travel experience that you had uh you know in the last year anything that can jump out of your mind
0: um i was going to the canadian am actually and i think our flight got i i was connecting through new york and our flight got canceled and then we were trying to get our baggage so that we could stay the night in new york and then I missed my practice round and just had to go play the course and ended up winning, but oh. it was, it was pretty cool. It was, <laughs> but it was exhausting. It was, I didn't get very much sleep at all.
2: Well, maybe, maybe you found your secret, you know, you just, you, you wake up and you go and you win, right? Well, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. I have to, I have to kind of start this thing off by congratulating you. Uh, it looks like back in January, you made your first ever hole in one. Is that Correct
0: i did yeah it was insane um i actually got to see it go in and my team was there and i it was next to another hole and my teammates behind our group also saw it go in and it was just really exciting because all of them knew i hadn't had a hole one so i was just jumping up and down and so happy
2: isn't this game amazing you hit so many great shots in your life and and i mean you've played so many tournaments and so many rounds and you'd never seen the ball go and you never made a one and, and it just disappears it's like a miracle isn't it
0: oh yeah for sure and even this summer i was playing in a scramble like a fun event and i hit one in from 70 yards and i was awestruck by that because i've never hit one in besides a chip in and then it went in hole one that it was just i was like whoa this is kind of cool now
2: yeah well, you maybe you save a couple of those for the lpga tour coming up and we'll uh we'll get into that talk in a second but just go back a little bit, just kind of, uh, you know, fill us in a little bit about, you know, how you how you got into the game and, and you know, your parents being pretty influential. I know your father, Mike, has caddied for you on several occasions. Uh, your parents get you into the game?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, actually, it all kind of started when my dad uh, took a golf class um, in college and he fell in love with the game, found my mom. They married, love the game. And then my brother, who's four years older than me, um, they started playing with him. And uh, we had a family men- membership, so I was just the fourth. So I kind of just got dragged into it. And I rode around in the cart for the first couple of years, mm-hmm. colored, all that kind of stuff, right. and then would jump out and play when I wanted to. And kind of from there, I just fell in love with the game. And
2: how old were you?
0: I was, I think I was like, probably five six okay um, all right because I know I played my first tournament when I was seven so
2: you didn't waste much time in in jumping into it
0: (laughs) oh no I was kind of just into it at the beginning
2: you just loved it right and 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 yeah you talk about your brother how how much did he motivate you being the older sibling to get out there And, and when did you beat him for the first time
0: I actually don't know when I beat him for the first time. I don't remember that. Um, but, yeah, we we always competed against each other in everything. We would go practice together. Um, obviously, he was four years older, so he could drive. So, finally, we would just get to go on our own. And I think it was just fun to be able to compete and see him doing good things, and then I wanted to be on that level.
2: You said you started when you were five or six, played your first tournament when you were seven. I mean, at at what point did you, uh, I mean, did you play other sports at all kind of growing up or was it just golf, golf, golf?
0: Um, Yeah, I pretty much played every sport you could play. Mm -hmm. Um, I played soccer, roller hockey, actually, Um, volleyball, basketball. I played Mm -hmm. basketball all the way up until high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I think kind of the moment, though, when I started to play and really like the game was, Um, all these other sports I'd gotten participation trophies just for playing. And um, my first golf tournament ever, I took second, got a trophy, and I just thought it was another thing. Like, oh, it's just (laughs) another trophy. Next tournament, it was um, seven years old, we're playing part three courses. Um, And that next tournament, I went out and shot about probably 60 par three Uh course Uh and we're walking off the course and my parents ask are you ready to go and I was like well what about the trophies and my brother goes no there's no trophies you have to play good in this sport and that just kind of clicked for me and from there Mm -hmm. like it was just a fun game for me.
2: Oh, that's that's neat. Yeah, that's, uh, you yeah, know, you you get what you uh, you're what you put out there in this game, right? You don't need a teammate passing you the ball, although although in the college game, which you're playing currently, it is a bit of a team game. But uh, at the same time, you're the only one in control of your golf ball. And so so was, I guess it was, you know, pretty early on where you knew golf was your calling, though, right? I mean, you just uh, you, you finished second in your first tournament. So you I guess you knew pretty, uh, pretty early on that uh, it was kind of for you.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, I kind of played it all the time. Um, I think I played soccer all the way up until sixth grade. And from there, soccer and golf was in the same season in Colorado. So I just obviously had decided golf was my way. So I quit soccer at that point. Um, But I for sure was always playing golf.
2: And and we gain a lot of friends. This game is all about camaraderie and meeting people and did you have an idea early on i mean did you have a a lot of friends in the game of golf or or are your friends outside of the game or or did you tell us about that
0: um i think all of my friends that were females were probably not inside the game just because i didn't really play nationally so um in colorado i everyone wanted to beat me so (laughs) i didn't really have friends um but i think A lot of the boys that I played against, like, I could compete with them, so I would practice with them, and we would always be, we would become friends, so I think it was kind of just the competition... Um, difference there
2: yeah and i have to say that you're uh we have to tell our listeners out there you're from denver colorado westminster colorado to be exact and the ball goes pretty far out there how do you adjust when you you grew up there and the ball went so far and then you 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 come to sea level and play golf or virtually sea level here in north carolina Uh, how do how was that transition
0: um i actually always found it easier to go to sea level Um, from Colorado. But Mm -hmm. now that I play only out here, Mm -hmm. when I have to go play a tournament back in Colorado, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, this is so (laughs) confusing. So I always wondered how people came and qualified and did stuff in Colorado. And I can definitely see that now being in college and see at sea level
2: it's fun to watch it go so far out there right and oh like, yeah for sure. but as, as a great player like you are you always adapt it doesn't even it doesn't even phase you anymore i'm sure and uh so so but but as you um and as you move along you talked a little about not playing much nationally did i did i read that you only played one ajga tournament in your whole career before coming here to wake forest
0: yes i only played one and it was in colorado so yeah
2: Wow. So how did how did you get how did, how did you find Wake Forest? I mean, what what drew you all the way across the country over here to you know, to to play at this uh, golf powerhouse really?
0: Um well, actually the my going into my junior year, I think it was, I qualified for the US Girls Junior and that's where all of the college coaches are like if you want to get co- recruited, you go to that tournament. Mm-hmm. Um and I finally qualified for it and I remember my coach, Diane Daly. Um, she said that she was walking to her car and she heard the sound of one of my drives and just like turned around and was like, who's this? And from there, just watched me. And then the whole ride home, her and, um, Kevin Diaz, who was the assistant, uh, they were just searching me up, trying to find a way to get in contact with me. And kind of from there, like, a lot of college coaches saw me there because I had made the cut into the 64. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of just how I got my name out there was that tournament.
2: I think that's a that's a great lesson. All the listeners from the Silver Club podcast, uh, you know, if they're not junior golfers themselves, they're parents with junior golfers. And and that's a great lesson, really, to to know that you don't have to play national nationally ranked events and go through some crazy schedules since the age of 13, you can become a great player collegially and now moving on to the professional ranks that we'll talk to in a moment. But you can be a great player and not play national events.
0: Right. And I think it's definitely a big thing um, with players just being able to go and go play. And if they don't have the money that their family can't afford to send them everywhere like there's always ways to get around it and that's kind of where I was and I was able to dig myself out of that hole and pretty much anyone can at that point.
2: That's cool that's 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 great stuff And, and and I think there's a lot of people out there that think you have to go on some national you know tour when you're 15 and go and do all these things and work and go to all these uh these golf schools and kind of immerse yourself in the game. And I think you're seeing a lot of, there's a lot of injuries and a lot of uh, in younger people as we see time go by because they've been maybe so focused on that. And, uh, and you know, you don't burn yourself out, I guess. Right.
0: Right. I think it's just, a matter of fact that a lot of junior golfers are highly ranked and they get to college and they just get burnt out because they've been doing it for so long um you kind of have to have the balance of playing different sports like that was the great thing about colorado i couldn't practice in the winter because of cold weather so i played basketball instead and i think because of that that helped me to keep my body so i'm not always hitting the same motion and doing the same things and i think that has helped me to keep Keep me healthy and keep my mind free.
2: Yeah, you develop leg strength with the jump shot, and you exactly you're not you're not kind of burned out doing one thing, and that's great. You were two time state high school champion in in Colorado. I read right, and yes. and so you worked your way you, know, you got your got your great scholarship here to to, to move to Winston Salem for the last four years, and and resiliency. When I look at your at your, you know, career in the last few years, especially, you see resiliency as a, as a huge portion of it. And, it. and it kind of stemmed back from your high school career as well. Um, you were runner up in a, uh, in, in the high school championship and then you came and you won the last two years.
0: Yeah. Is that's I correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just kind of how I've been. Um, I just, I go and play, and I always want to come back better than where I was. I kind of set goals for every season, and, I mean, I just work towards those goals and see if I can do it.
2: And resiliency really didn't it, it showed itself the most in the last couple of years, uh, you know, for for me watching and on the golf channel. And it's been great that the the women's game and golf, college golf in general, has been out there in in the media and out on television. But but in 2017, as a sophomore at Rich Harvest Farms, you you had the lead and and it, it kind of slipped away from your grasp and you end up finishing runner up there at the individual title. And then the next year you got to a similar spot at Carson Creek. This was last year, the summer of uh or May 2018. And and you 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 came down the stretch, you had a 65 in the opening round. Uh we're 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 cruising, you know, you had a a three-shot lead, I believe, after day one, and you kind of had the lead the whole time or right next to the lead, and then and then it kind of slipped away, and then all of a sudden in that the sixteenth hole of the final round, you hole a monster putt to take the lead and, and ultimately really clinch the title at that point. What talk to us about how that how you gained that resiliency to, to jump back and and then make that putt and then ultimately take the title.
0: Um well I think at the beginning of that round it was like I made I can't remember, I think it was bogey double bogey or something like that. And I got I think it was to the eighth hole. It was a par three and I just looked at my coach Ryan um who was with me the year before and i said ryan it's gonna happen again like i'm gonna lose it again um and he he looked at me and i think he was a little bit awestruck just because i had said that and he said no you're gonna fight back and you're gonna get it and i was like no there's no way like i'm so far back and he was like come on just keep fighting like you'll get it and i don't know if my team flipped a switch or if he told them to go start being loud and obnoxious or whatever but (laughs) i think on 10 and 11 it was just like my team just got so loud and they were just trying to cheer me on and make me laugh and they kind of knew that that relaxed me and (laughs) i think that helped a lot um and then yeah when i get to 16 i had actually no idea where i stood um I thought it was kind of me and Jacqueline who was in my group Mm -hmm. and I made birdie. I think she made bogey, Um, but making that putt, it was just, it was amazing. I, like I had, I hadn't, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, wow, that was (laughs) like, it was just so perfect because I saw the line and then I hit it and it was just like, oh my gosh, that's going in. That's going in. Oh my gosh, it went in. And it was just, it was amazing. Um, And then I mean, I even got like, I still had no idea. I didn't know until I was on 18 green and I looked looking at my putt and I looked through and saw my teammates all holding water and I was like, okay, well they're very confident I'm going to make this putt or I have a very good lead. So I don't know which one it is, but here we go. Um, And it was just, it was crazy to be able to do that. It was just a crazy round and to come out after it and, look at my coach and just say hey we finally did it like it's been a whole long stretch this whole year and we finally did it
2: and what was it like for you to come back on campus after that being the very first woman in wake force history to ever win an ncaa individual title uh did you go out on the football field in front of everybody or what like what was it like when you came back
0: well i didn't come back (laughs) right after it i came back the next fall but um yeah so We got to go on the football, or I got to go on the football team, or field, and go with my team, and it was just a great experience. Um, I know, like, some of my teachers are like, oh, like, congrats, that's so cool. I mean, it was just really cool to be in that kind of environment, and everybody was able to encourage me and be like, wow, you finally did it after that whole track the whole first or the year before that so it was just a great experience
2: and you set some uh, you've set some great records here at wake forest uh, one was the uh, lowest stroke average ever 70.60 i believe was the uh, was the final number you know you, you talked a little about goals and setting goals Ha, uh, is, is is stroke average a goal for you at the beginning of the year or or what what is what are your goals right now as you're you're in college and you're transitioning into the professional game soon I mean you know are, have you planned your goals out or are they kind of separated by amateur and then when you cross the line to be a professional uh, do you have will you have some separate goals
0: um i think right now at least just for this wake season the rest of the year um I mean, there's obviously the goal of um, coming back and possibly winning the national championship again. I know that would be super cool to follow that in Wake Forest history. Um, I know another one I have is um, to break the record of how many wins someone at Wake has had. I can't remember how many that is, but I think I would need two or three more. So kind of getting down on that one, so I need to pick up the pace. But um, other than that, like um, win ACC's, I've been so close a couple of years, mm-hmm. so that would be super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going on to LPGA, I don't really have specific goals. Obviously, I want to earn my card back um, missing half the season coming with coming back to school. Mm-hmm. So being in the top 100 on the money list would be that main goal there.
2: Yeah, and and so, so let's let's talk about that, that transition a little bit and and how you how you kind of, you know, you see yourself. You obviously you you made it through the LPGA Tour Q Series uh, this last November, uh, grueling eight rounds at Q Series there um four rounds and then three days off and then four more rounds. What is the feeling like in those middle three round, middle three days where you're not playing and, and you're, you're playing so well and you're right towards the top and the, you can kind of taste that tour card. What is that? What's that feeling like? I mean, how, how do you even like stomach food in that, uh, in that little stretch? I know I couldn't.
0: Well, it was just, it was a lot. I mean, during those three days, you kind of just want to get back out and just finish it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you can't. But um, I think actually those were three days that I had food poisoning. So I was kind (laughs) of there just struggling through that and trying to recover. Um, Oh, oh, it's it's not
2: enough just to uh, to play and have the pressure of of your, you know, your future on the line. But you you get a battle of food poisoning and you fight through it. Man, that's uh, did I read your whole family or your your father, who was catting for you, had food poisoning as well. Maybe you got to avoid that restaurant in the future. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was. Yeah, I had it. I had the worst of it, and then my dad had it, and my mom also had it. So it was not good, but we got through it. So
2: yikes, yikes. So so, and as you 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 had a great finish last year at the on the LPGA tour because of your NCAA finish, uh, winning the the NCAA title, uh, you were offered an exemption into the Marathon Classic. Uh, on the LPGA tour during the summer. You finished top 20 there, uh, pretty spectacular for an amateur, uh, and and you were pretty close to the lead uh, for a lot of that event. Talk to us about uh, playing, you know, dipping your toe in that professional world and how many other events professionally that you had played uh, leading into that to kind of prepare you.
0: Well, yeah, before that, I had only played um, the two U.S. Opens the two years before, um, So I kind of had seen everyone and not been awestruck by at least being there and practicing on the same places as them. Um, But I think it was just a great experience to get to go play with them and see that I could really compete. Um, I think one of the main things I actually learned there was – um, to be on the tour level, you have to play good four rounds in a row to play in place really high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of fell apart my last round, which kind of has been a trend lately. So I think that's that was a really big learning experience and trying to just finish a tournament really strong um, because I know that's what I'm going to have to do on the tour level
2: do you feel a lot different when you are in that arena as opposed to uh, forget a score aside but i mean do you uh, does your brain kind of compute things differently or do you just try to feel like hey look it's the same game it's a ball the hole's the same size like h- how do you approach uh, the two because they are they are kind of different they, the atmospheres are very different
0: um yeah i think I mean, I kind of approach the game the same way. I think one of the big differences is I obviously didn't have any friends out there like you're all out there by yourself. Um, I guess a big thing there was I got to play with Cheyenne Woods the first two rounds. So I think that really helped because that kind of made it fun because I got to know her um, being her being a Wake Forest grad. Um, So that was super cool. Um, But other than that, I mean, when you're practicing on the range and putting and everything, like you don't know anyone. So it's just kind of lonely. And you're like, wow, this is going to suck if none of my friends make it through with me or (laughs) I don't make it through. Like, what am I going to do? So.
2: And, well, some of your friends did make it through uh, in this LPGA Tour Q series. You played... It's important to know you played on the 2018 Curtis Cup team where I was fortunate enough to be out there and and follow one of your matches on the course with Fox Sports. And uh, you you closed out your match in style uh, pretty well, almost holding a bunker shot on 17 and your foursomes match with Lilia Vu. And that was that was pretty special to watch. I'm sure it was uh, even more special to to be in the moment there and and hit the shots. But uh, talk to us a little about some of your friends who did make it through the Q School, who. Uh, you know, and they decided to take a little different path than you. And I, I think this is probably the most the most compelling and, and most telling story about who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And you decided to, you made it through Tour Q School, you finished second, you easily could have just jumped on the tour, but you decided to stay here at Wake and fulfill your commitment to the school. Talk to us a little about the thought process there and why you didn't make that jump.
0: Um, I think one of the main thing is my obviously my parents have been in education. My mom was a school teacher. My dad college level. So education has always been important, and it's kind of always been expected. Um, i know after that i think they were like are you sure you don't want to turn pro like you can turn pro we're okay with it (laughs) um but they left it up to you (laughs) yeah they definitely left it up to me which was nice um to see that door opened um but yeah i mean i love wake um four years here is great um and i i mean you're never gonna get those four years back and the tour will always be there Um, so I think it was kind of an easy decision, um, to come back and get my degree. Um, I know for all my other friends, Lilia Vu, Lauren Stevenson, Kristen, um, they all, well, Lily is staying. She's finishing right now, actually, so she hasn't gone and played yet. Right. Um, but the two from Alabama, they both can finish online, which is a big, big help. Um, with Wake Forest, you can't do that. So um, it's really hard to take classes online. Like, it's just really hard. Um, so, I mean, it, it was kind of an easy decision and to just be here with my coaches um, and my team, like Ryan – was there at Curtis Cup he didn't want to he was thinking about not coming back Um, and
2: Ryan Potter you're talking about right yeah
0: right yeah he was thinking about not coming back um, with the coach change and he came back and I felt like that was really special for him to come back for my senior year Um, so out of kind of just a lot of different respects I just felt like it was important for me to be back
2: that's 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 a very mature way of looking at it and most people in your and mo- most people in your position you know wouldn't do that and, and didn't do that and uh, i certainly you know personally for me i certainly have to commend you for that i know maria fossey from arkansas did the same thing as they're playing the ncaa at her home course the blessings course in in arkansas where you will undoubtedly be in uh, in another couple months but uh it yeah that the taste of the of the fame and the the fortune out there on the LPGA tour is uh, is it it can't it couldn't have been easy to to shy away from right
0: oh yeah definitely not and I think I do think it helped to have Maria be one of me and her not going um, I think it was just if it was just one of us I think it would be definitely a diff- different like look at it but um, since we're both sticking back I think it's great since we're both really good friends so
2: that's really neat yeah the, the tour game will always be there this the collegiate life and these co- uh, these college days uh they they don't they don't come around all the time and when you cross that bridge when you or you go over that wall from the amateur game to the pro game you lose something in the process i know when i played at university of florida and made that jump you know you, you there's you kind of you, in a way you look back and say you know i wish i could still kind of hang out there and since the silver club podcast uh, revolves around the competitive game and and the amateur competitive game uh you know specifically reflect on some of the things that you do in your game when you're out here we're out here at the at this arnold palmer golf complex and you know, you're out practicing a lot and it's right on campus on uh, the Wake Forest campus here when you come out here to practice and work on your game whether it's here or even at a tournament site what are a few of the things that you do with your game to keep your game sharp
0: um well i think one of my strengths is hitting um and i'm pretty strong in that area so i think i kind of just um i do a lot of hitting but i do create games for myself so I hit one low i hit one high i hit a cut i hit a draw like i just kind of play around with it and i like sometimes try to hit ridiculous shots like that you probably will never see in your lifetime but you never know um and i think that is kind of what makes practicing exciting for me um and then just to be out here with my team and even the men's team like we compete we 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 like to give each other crap. We're competitive. (laughs) Like, we just like to do things and um, always keep make each other better all the time so it's just a great experience
2: and you keep it you keep it a lot of fun and and just south of where we're sitting right now is is another fun place it's called the old town club where uh is, lies right adjacent to the campus here it's a great perry maxwell design from 1939 you've undoubtedly played that golf course many many times you know how, to, how did that course make you a better player i know you play a few around here but old town is the closest
0: um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely made me a really good player. Um, my freshman year, I did not break par on the course. So <laughs> uh, that was definitely one of the most frustrating things. Um, but now, like, looking back on it, now this, my senior year, pretty much every time I go out there, I'm under par. And it's kind of just crazy to look and see how when you first get on a course, you don't, you don't necessarily know how to play it. You don't know the ins and outs. Um, I know when back then I was like, I'd never have seen a golf course this hard. I don't know how to play this golf course. It's not like anything I've ever played or will ever play. Um, but I think just changing your mindset and kind of looking at it as it's an opportunity for me to get better. It's really challenging compared to what we play. Um, that made me help me to play it way better.
2: A lot of uneven lies out there. I know. Maybe they say the only flat lies you get on the golf course are on each tee box. So, uh, uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool design. Uh, it's got some of the the neatest features of any. If you're into architecture or anything like that, some of the neatest features of any golf course you'll ever play. But what's your low round that you've you've shot over there?
0: I think maybe like a couple or three under. Three under. It's, that's okay. It's <laughs> not. It's not super low. It's definitely very challenging. Like. Even if you're hitting it on the green, there's no guarantee that you're gonna make a five footer. Like it, it could break two feet in five in a five footer. So, it's it's definitely tough. Okay, everywhere. good. I thought
2: that was just me. I had a tough time reading those greens too. So uh, I thought that was just me.
0: <laughs> oh no, it's hard.
2: <laughs> uh, all right, we're almost done here. Just to just to kind of you know put a bow on this thing, uh, you are going to be playing in the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Uh, a, a, a site, you know, at Augusta National that is, has largely been male dominated. They've opened it up for the best women amateurs in the world uh, here in early April. Uh, talk to us a little about the process, because I know you 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 had an, you had originally had a college event scheduled at during the same time in early April. And that event was canceled. And you turned down the invitation, I so I read, uh, to play yes. in the Augusta National Women's Amateur. And I and I read somewhere where your 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 brother said you were insane for for, for doing that and not maybe having a chance to play at Augusta National. And then the, the collegiate event was canceled, and then you called him back up and said, Hey, I'm in.
0: <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and so
2: but talk to us about about getting the invitation and and, and what it would mean to you and, and, and have you pictured walking down that 18th hole with a five-shot lead and you're on NBC National Television and winning the very first Augusta National Women's Amateur?
0: I mean, it would be super cool. I Getting the invitation, like, it it probably is the coolest-looking invitation I've ever seen in my life. Um, it, it was just I opened it and I was like, well, this is really cool. Too bad I'm not going. Um and yeah, once that event was canceled, I called him up, said, hey, is there still a spot in the field with me or for me? And he, he was like, yeah, absolutely. Of course you're in. And I said, okay, well, I'm in. Um And I mean, it would just be super cool to go play Augusta. I've played it one time, so you have, okay. to play it in a tournament field. It would be it's super cool to be able to do that and just go compete on the on the course.
2: Well, that's that's great. And we, you know, all of our listeners are gonna be are gonna be tuned in and watching. I know I will. Uh, very exciting time for Jennifer Cup show's life, the women's game, uh, and then you're soon gonna be uh, moving on to the professional ranks, right? Uh, you're going to turn pro right following the NCAA uh, championship. Is that correct? Yes, yep. And um, what, what's your first tournament, and how many events do you think you're going to end up playing in? Uh, how many do you think you can get in for the course of the year?
0: Um, well, if I qualify for the U.S. Open, that will be my first event. Um, if not, I... Think there's a tournament it's a week after and i believe it's in new jersey um but i don't know the exact number um that i'll play in obviously it depends if i can get up and play in majors um but i think it's around eight or nine so it's not final finalized yet i don't (laughs) there's a lot going on (laughs) so
2: (laughs) sure 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 i'm sure there is but uh yeah, you're not sure of the number, but we are sure of the number here at the Silver Club podcast. You are number 1 in our book for a lot of reasons. Number 1, you're the you're first female on our podcast and we uh, we couldn't be happier with a with the number 1 women's amateur in the game with with jennifer cup show here with us and and i can't thank you enough for your time i know you're so busy you got to get back out there and practice (laughs) and keep grinding and working on your game and uh and we're going to see you on the in the lpga uh winner's circle i think before the end of the year
0: well thank you so much for having me on
2: once again thanks to jennifer cup show for joining us on this silver club podcast Remember, check us out on social media at Silver Club Golf on Instagram and Twitter, as well as Silver Club Golfing Society on the web. Until next time, thanks for listening to this Silver Club podcast.